0: For the Agile community. www.agile.fm. Welcome to another episode of um, Agile FM. Today I have a guest with me that is going to talk about democracy at the workplace, freedom at work. It's the founder of World Blue. It's Tracy Fenton. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy.
1: Great to be with you, Joe. Thanks for having me
0: uh well first and foremost congratulations to a new book release that was released in spring 2022 that is freedom at work and uh the subtitle is very intriguing the leadership strategy that transforms your life your organization and our world these are some big big words we're going uh, very granular the life we're going a little bit bigger the organization and then we go really really big the world
1: absolutely well when you're talking about a uh, topic like freedom and organizational democracy it's really hard to think small with those topics you have to think big and freedom of course starts at such an individual level as leaders can ripple out to our teams and organizations and absolutely makes a powerful impact on our world
0: absolutely and these are the topics we want to talk a little bit about Uh, i read the book it's an awesome book there are some really thought-provoking things uh, in the book the word agile pops up a few times but it's not an agile book per se it's about freedom at work uh democratic workplaces um and we want to explore the 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 sections the parts a little bit of the book because there are three uh parts to this book uh it's the mindset it's the leadership and it's the design or four parts but those three are really going into the into the depth and uh, the meat of it. When did you start thinking about um, creating an organization like World Blue, which is, by the way, not with an E at the end. So it's just B L N U ucom com. Uh, when did you th- think or start thinking about creating a company? And what was the trigger for that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I actually founded World Blue back in 1997. So I've been at this work for over 25 years now. And it started for me my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. Um, I was asked by our student, um, our president of our college, if I would run our student affairs conference. And it was a big honor at my small liberal arts school. And I said, sure. And I got my student team together. And I said, all right, gang, let's come up with a topic for this public affairs conference, Mm -hmm. that's going to be consciousness raising, outside the box, forward thinking, They went off and did a bunch of research. Everybody came back, did a big presentation to me, drumroll, and said, Tracy, we think the topic should be democracy. To which my 21 year old mind said, uh, Democracy is voting and old white guys in politics in Washington, (laughs) D.C. That was my concept of of democracy. And as I talked with them about it more and more and more, my thinking had to really expand. And I realized, and, and also what my team was telling me is, uh, democracy is actually a style of leadership, it's a style of governance, and it's a style of government. But what I've always been committed to in my life was helping people realize their fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And you can only realize your full potential in an environment of freedom, rather than an environment of fear and control. And so I, my intuition, Joe, I didn't know where this was going to take me, but my intuition at the time was absolutely, let's do the conference on democracy. Let's look at how a democratic style of leadership, rather than, you know, let's go to the other end of the continuum, a more authoritarian or dictatorial style of leadership, if we want to contrast those two how that can be applied in really any industry, any area of life, any sector of society from business to education, to urban planning, to of course, government politics. Mm -hmm. And that's what got me excited. That's what got me started, ended up starting World Blue. And uh, we've now worked with companies all over the world in over 100 countries. We've worked with top brands like uh, Zappos group on Hulu, Pandora, Davita, WD40. And we've helped so many of these companies transition from that command and control style of leadership to a much more democratic style of leadership mm-hmm. that gives power to their people to produce amazing results.
0: Right. So let's talk a little bit before we go into the the program itself, right? So the, there's a there's a program at World Blue where companies could just go and or just go, but could go and uh and get self get assessed uh, against those democratic principles um but there's also like the topic of freedom at work that you're describing in the book right so that's not the book that's not the handbook for the assessment that is more like a, to talk a little bit about freedom now you just mentioned that f word uh in uh in, in in your previous segment here and that's about fear why is fear so harmful I mean that was an eye-opening thing when I was reading and I would like to hear uh, the listeners to hear what you think about how does fear on an individual level impact like let's say performance etc that is just absolutely mind-blowing
1: yeah it really is and that that was a big revelation for me too Joe in doing all this is the the contrast of freedom versus fear because as I was doing this work I'm like what is it that keeps stopping us really from being free I mean I mentioned in a moment ago Mm-hmm. uh organizational democracy we'll get into that that's a framework for freedom but what is it at the core that slows us down and it's fear i mean if you look at almost any problem we have in life or in our workplaces whether it's stress anxiety um all the isms you know that are going on in the workplace hierarchy all you know unnecessary hierarchy bureaucracy right all of this at the core of it is actually fear and the brain research tells us that the average person thinks 60,000 thoughts a day 95% of those thoughts are the exact same thoughts we had the day before and a whopping 80% of those thoughts are actually negative and fear based so when we are in a fear based mindset Mm-hmm. that causes us to make bad short-sighted reactionary decisions it causes us to just be you know mean angry upset people or or engage in other behaviors then that are um you know destructive or toxic and so often leaders in our workplaces we are making decisions from fear especially right now i mean everyone's in so much fear of what's what going on with inflation You know, you work all over the world. So I'm working with CEOs hearing from all angles what's happening. And I keep encouraging them. All right. And I give I give a five step method in the book for how to shift your mindset literally in a minute from fear to freedom and possibility. And when you do that, it lifts us out of the fog. It helps us see the full range of what's possible so that we can make better business decisions that impact the bottom line and that help continues to engage people
0: right do you see any connect I, I know you mentioned in 2008 2009 during the financial crisis right you mentioned some uh behavioral changes and and that led to some some negative impact on on the workplace and in companies and i just mentioned 2022 we're facing a situation of inflation and uncertainty do you see already uh any kind of early indicators uh of a similar pattern that's going on in the world out there Yes, absolutely.
1: Now, I'm no economist, but obviously I can speak from the angle of what I'm hearing with our clients around the world is even those who, you know, I was just talking, let me give you an example. I just talked two days ago with a CEO of a World Blue Certified Freedom Center company. We've worked with them for 10 years. We've helped them implement democratic systems and processes. This CEO absolutely understands how to lead with freedom rather than fear. But in the course of our conversation, he was telling me that he's like, I have to lay people off. They just got bought. They're trying to figure out how to save a few million dollars. He says, I have to lay people off. And I said, wait a second, you know how to handle this in a more democratic way and let me give you an example Joan. i talk about this in the book right during these times the the first thing we often go to is just let lay people off let people go you know we talk about um rich sheridan our mutual friend and in menlo innovations and i tell the story in the book of menlo innovations and what they did during the last great recession in 2008 when they were also faced with, you know, gosh, a a contracting client base and contracting revenue. And so what Rich and the team had in place, because they are a worldly certified freedom center company, they operate democratically, is they have a shared pain, shared reward system. So what Rich did was very transparently, they all sat down and said, here's where we are financially. Here's, where we, here's what we have to do. How can we handle this? And some people said, you know what? I'm cool. I was thinking about retiring anyway. I can retire now. So they rolled off. Other people said, well, I could actually handle going part-time. So I'm going to go part-time. Other people said, nope, I've got to work. So mm-hmm. they were able to flex people around. It wasn't perfect. And and I share this in the book, they did have to let a couple people go. But what they did, Joe, was they did that in in treating everyone fairly and with dignity. And they were transparent Mm -hmm. about that process. They give power to everyone, power to the people to help solve that decision so that when things ramped up, you know, after they were through that recessionary time, their reputation was intact, morale stayed intact, engagement came stayed intact, and people who had left were able to come back, and they were able right. to hit that ground running. You know, that's this approach that we're talking about is is power to the people, giving power to the people, keeping them informed, treating mm-hmm. them like adults, so they can make decisions together to have extraordinary outcomes. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this is a this is a leadership thing, right? So, and this is part yes. of your book. It's a leadership thing, and it's like for yes. organizations to realize that this is uh the culture the executive team would be uh um, portraying now you know playing devil's advocate the first approach of just laying off people would be the easier approach right it would be something that's like very easy i can write a press release that's going out today i'm laying off people 20 percent or whatever that is right easy decision but you're absolutely right you might be laying off somebody who would be um you know um is very connected, obviously, financially to a job, and we would be keeping somebody who might actually be going, you know, voluntarily. So it's not the optimal uh, situation. So self-organization, right, uh, self-management styles that are being portrayed in leadership, super important.
1: Absolutely, very important. Again, I use the terminology self-governance in the book, Mm -hmm. but it is, it definitely parlays everything I'm talking about here with you know self-management and allowing mm. people to be adults you know let me give you another example i talk about in the book yes, it's a large company called hcl technology again during the great recession you know because people say oh you know democracy but can this work in big companies absolutely um what uh Vineet and nair did at hcl technology is 120 000 employees across multiple geographies uh he came forward he decided again transparency openness power to the people let's let them self-govern self-manage mm-hmm. And he said, look, we have to find a way to save $100 million or we have to let people go during this recessionary time. $100 million or we have to let people go. What do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. Okay? Like, wow, this is rocket science to actually ask people, do you have any ideas? So he he went out and said, what do you think we should do? What ideas do you have? They were flooded with ideas back through their internal system. Um, they had several hundred ideas come in. They acted on 76 of those ideas, 76 of the ideas that the CEO and his team vetted. They said, we can make these work they put them into operation. Not only did they save, they didn't just save a hundred million dollars, they saved $260 million and no one was laid off. Mm. And they compare it to what was happening with their competitors. You know, their competitors were just took that short-term slash and burn mentality, laid people off, got a negative reputation, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately destroyed lives, hurt hurt people's lives and livelihoods and their families because there's a ripple effect from that. And then it's very hard to hire back and expand. Yeah. And HCL was able to just keep going and had a huge, ended up having, I don't remember off the top of my head, the number, but very yeah. large profits despite that recession.
0: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting point about the profits. And I want to just go in there here for a second, because I think that's also important. So I'm teaching um, uh, some courses around uh, agile org design, right, and uh, how agile organizations are um structuring themselves in a way that they are responsive in terms of business agility, etc many many of those topics uh are related to what you're talking about in your book right so there's a clear connect uh between these things now sometimes I show very very um uh you know thought-provoking videos out there you know about tomato producers tomato uh, product producers uh um Morningstar for example right oh, sure. um and uh and sometimes I get reactions from people like that would never work in my organization right um and uh and there is an organization is actually evidence there is a company that does that and there is evidence of that it's working right and uh I can't, and, and people are still saying this I, I just can't see this working in my organization or anywhere else how do you respond to that that this is actually working and then we have some evidence because you have some companies that are certified
1: well absolutely it works i mean we've been doing this for 25 years my book i i picked out 50 of the hundreds of companies that we've worked with that are have gone through our rigorous certification process and we've helped them transform so we've worked with companies as small as five employees up to one hundred twenty thousand employees literally in 100 countries in almost every industry so Anyone who says this isn't going to work in my company, it's only a crisis of creativity. They're Mm -hmm. just making excuses because uh, a democratic style of leadership can work anywhere. Now, with that said, Joe, sometimes it won't work and it won't work because it does come down to your leaders so Mm -hmm. when someone says it won't work it doesn't matter your industry it doesn't matter any of that it doesn't matter what you do i mean ge aviation makes jet engines i mean there you would think this has to be a command and control organization they're in the book they got world blue certified a phenomenal democratic model i certainly am familiar with morningstar and many of the principles of Mm -hmm. of of, actual correspond to the 10 principles of democracy i talk about in the book, but. The time when it doesn't work, and this was a revelation to me, Joe, is uh, I'll tell you in the story, we were working with a, a large, very large manufacturing company in the Midwest. And we were working mostly with their executive team, the CEO who had inherited the business from his grandfather, father now passed to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he he didn't, <clears throat> excuse me, stop what we were doing. You know, he wasn't stopping his executive team, but he wasn't really engaged. So we were working with his executive team, helping to democratize the leadership style of this large manufacturing company. And eventually the CEO got on board. He came to one of our trainings. I tell the story in the book. And one of the big revelations he had was how much his sense of low self-worth we talk about, uh, his sense of... Of insecurity as an individual was actually stopping him from giving more power to his people. Because mm-hmm. right, if you're insecure in who you are, we talk in the book about, and I talk about teach this at World Blue, low self-worth. If yeah. you're not secure in who you are, you don't want to give power to your people. Like you're that's threatening to you, right? Wow. So this CEO had to have this revelation of like wait a second it's because I'm struggling with my sense of self-worth that I'm actually not fully embracing this and and he committed to working through that. We were there to help him, but once he got back, he really he wasn't really interested in being coached and becoming better and ended up just selling the company. Um yeah. the leaders he worked with were heartbroken. Yeah. So it's not going to work Joe if the CEO is super insecure, isn't willing to take feedback well, isn't willing to really work to give power to his or her people. Mm-hmm. Um, then it won't work. Yeah. But if the leader who says yes, it can't. You know, I do believe in unleashing the full potential of my people because I realize that impact to the bottom line, to morale, to engagement, right. to agility. I'm in. It can work anywhere.
0: Right? It can work anywhere. You even said anywhere it anywhere. It works for companies of five employees or more yes, said, yes. Uh, five and, uh, or more
1: absolutely or
0: more so this is actually a very small group of people and there's obviously a lot of companies out there that would fulfill that requirement with five employees or more yeah. um now if somebody is listening to this right now and and says like i have six people or i have five people and uh, i'm interested in this and i would like to see how something like that is structured uh what does that entail in terms of you know how much Involvement of world blue would be in a company of five and you know what would the daily life change in terms of you know interacting with you in terms of profitability in terms of uh, you know time spent on designing a program like this. Do you have any kind of data around very small companies you've worked with?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's really not that hard to make the transition. And We've right. found the way. We've got so much experience with this. Um so the steps would be grab my book, read Freedom right. at Work, see see if you feel it. You know, if you feel it, if you agree with it, if you find yourself nodding, you know, I've had so many people tell me, "Oh my gosh, like I'm dog-earing every page. I'm highlighting like, you know, right. just Received phenomenal feedback on the book. I think it's five stars on Amazon. You know, mm-hmm. pick up the book. But at World Blue, we have 150 courses mm-hmm. that we guide. Com- they don't have to do all 150 too, but right. we have different pathways we move them through mm-hmm. um, that produces phenomenal results. You know, we were working with a company in California, had 11 employees. Within three months of working with us, they'd already saved half a million dollars. The, the husband and wife who were, um, who are co-owners of the company and we're basically on the verge of divorce are now like, oh my gosh, because we've taught them how to implement these democratic systems and processes. They're like, we've fallen back in love. I've never been happier. The CEO just told me earlier this week, he's like, I will never go back to a hierarchical organization, Tracy. Everything you told us has come true. I'm like, yep. So there's ways to do this. We've got a whole course called Freedom at Work that complements the book. Yeah. And then we've got all of our leadership training. And of course, our culture design training based on those three pillars of freedom at work I talked about in the book mindset leadership and design and I'll also add Joe that um one thing that's so great this this is not kumbaya like this mm-hmm. is solid business strategy we had third-party research done on companies that practice the freedom at work leadership model that we teach and they found that on average companies that take this more freedom centered democratic approach approach 700% greater revenue growth compared mm-hmm. to the S&P 500 over a three-year period. So mm-hmm. anyone who's serious about you know, major yeah. revenue growth, releasing the potential of their people, you know, engaging people through hard times, this works. Yeah. It works. And we figured out how to do it.
0: Well, especially for so many knowledge workers out there.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. Creativity,
0: creativity and innovation is needed. Democratic work style. Are- it's definitely something that can um, can help. Obviously, something I would say, get the teaser, so get the book. I, wow. I was, uh, was super impressed. Uh, as I said, there is the reference to Agile here and there uh, yes. throughout the book, but it's not necessarily an Agile book, right? But it's a book about freedom at work. That's really what the title of the book is, right? Um, but I think everybody who is in Agile teams and Agile organizations can make that link and see what the benefits are from what you are Uh, working on and what your passion is since 1997 um to um to implement certain things even if it should you go through the entire assessment uh or not that's a that's a different story right but it's there it's at your fingertips to uh to try it so that's that was my goal today to speak a little bit and expose your ideas to the agile community
1: Oh, thank you so much, Joe. You know, the whole idea of Agile, which I absolutely love, it's so complementary with what we teach at World Blue. It's why we've had so many great companies um, that we've worked with all over the world practice agile and then they come to us and they say help us round it out a little bit more help us get even more of those systems and processes in place help us teach our team help us teach our people how to lead this way and that's where it's so complimentary I absolutely love the agile community love working with companies that are interested in agile and it's just an honor and privilege to be on your show and speak with your amazing audience
0: awesome Tracy um I think one of your stories was that and correct me if I'm wrong here I I don't know the exact details, but you are connected somehow to one of the founding fathers of uh, the United States. Oh
1: yes, yes, yes. That's well, enough. not the founding father, but um yes, I do talk in the book that one of my relatives, I only learned this in the last two years because my aunt started doing genealogy work, but um Reuben Eaton Fenton was one of the founders uh with Abraham Lincoln of the Republican Party, which was started to, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays you never know where people are politically, but um obviously the, the Republican Party was founded to help end slavery oh, and man. and it was founded uh with Abraham Lincoln. And so I think it's it's kind of fun because I only found out about that recently and I ended up going online and ordering a bunch of his speeches and found this phenomenal speech he gave on the floor of Congress because he ended up becoming a, a congressman and a senator and then the governor, governor of New York and the congressman and senator from New York gave this phenomenal speech on ending human slavery mm-hmm. um, on the floor of Congress. And I actually have a little excerpt from it um, in the book and the speech ends. Mm-hmm with the words freedom now freedom forever mm. and actually end my book with those words freedom now freedom forever so it's kind of a fun little wink I mean, yeah. link to, you know to history and you know it's now
0: well maybe yeah. maybe that maybe that indirectly drove you uh for all of those right it's like maybe maybe there is a maybe there is a connect and uh, yes. it's definitely a very interesting piece to to be aware of and to know, right? It's awesome. It
1: was very interesting. So I've lived in Washington twice now. And so it was really fun to feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, not that many generations ago. And when I looked at this guy's picture on Wikipedia, he looks exactly like my grandpa and my dad. Mm. This whole facial structure. So yeah. it's sort of a fun little thing. You you caught that, huh? I put that little yeah. bit in the book just as a yeah. fun little so <laughs> Yeah.
0: Tracy, yeah. thank you so much. What a great end to the to our podcast. And uh, as I said, uh, World Blue. It's not written with an e at the end. For everybody uh, googling warblue.com, Tracy Fenton, Freedom at Work. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having me, Joe. It was a joy.
0: Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.